Welcome to the Bergstrom Bunch Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Kathy. And in a previous episode, we were responding to a question that we were asked, would you have kids today? And this is in light of the craziness of 2020, of this us, decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so would you have kids today? We talked about that, but we're going to look at the second part of the question. What would you do differently? So let's just say we did conclude that we would have kids today. <laughs> well, the thing is, every generation looks at the next generation and says, we're doomed. Yeah. They're horrible. They're rebellious. They're lazy. They are consumed with themselves. Uh, they give in to peer pressure. Every generation looks at the next generation as horrible. Sure. And it's, today's not no different. And so yeah. I think there's so many things that are the same is that there's peer pressure. Mm-hmm. There's crazy things happening politically. Yeah. There's sad things happening culturally. Yeah. There's stranger danger. Like this has always been the case yeah. since as, as long as the world has been around. Yeah. There's been things that you look at that and say, well, I wouldn't want to raise kids because of this. Sure. So well, especially if you start thinking about if my kids did growing up what I did growing up. And of course, we've we've talked about this on our podcast too. You and I grew up so differently. But I was thinking today, like I used to sneak out all no. the time. Yeah, I know. I, and actually my dog loved me so much, he wouldn't bark or anything. My, it would make my dad so mad because <laughs> the dog <laughs> wouldn't alert him. But I, I did give him treats. But, but you know, I was thinking about that in today's culture, uh, walking the streets in the middle of the night to go wherever you're going. Uh, yeah, that's that's a scary thought as a parent for me to think about, man, what if my teenager was doing that? I might never see him again, you know? So anyway, so yeah, just sidetracking there. But Okay, but you were sneaking out to help people in need, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's so great. Okay. <laughs> I, had, well. I had some friends that were in need of... Uh, <laughs> They needed needed some help consuming whatever was being consumed that night. So, oh man, okay, wow, I was definitely helping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think in thinking about what we do differently, I think first of all, there's some things that are constant. There's they're consistent no matter what era you're raising kids in. There's some constant things, and and the first one is consistency in what you tell your kids and in who you are. Yeah. Um, and so that's not what we do differently, but like, if you tell your kids, no, that's got to mean no. If you tell your kids, you're going to do something that means you're going to do it. Well, when we, but when we're thinking about what would we do differently in this culture, I think that that's where the question is coming from is kind of like this culture is so it seems so wacky. And in all fairness, it's a lot wackier than when I grew up. It's a lot wackier than when you grew up. I mean, you had, we've, I think every Every generation has had some sort of sexual revolution, you know, of some sort. I mean, I grew up in the Madonna era yep. where all of a sudden you're wearing lingerie in public. So, you know, every generationally we've we've seen some shift, some sort of change. And of course, for us, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the Internet. We didn't have all of that. We had MTV. And we had, you know, so we had those influences that were being streamed in on on the regular for us, um, but we didn't have the same access. So, so well, let's dial it in. What is what is the biggest thing that is different in raising kids today than it was twenty years ago, or fifty years ago, or a hundred years ago? What is it that is different today? Well, of course, technology. Technology, yeah. But but okay, but so. To kind of get to the heart of the question that was asked of us, um, 
Like, what would we do different? And I have to be honest, it, this was a hard question for me because I was thinking through what would I do different? And there were certain things that I came up with, of course, because, you know, as a parent, even if you think back as a parent, um, what would I have done differently raising my kids? You're going to, you do have some regrets like, oh, I wish I had been there more. I wish I had done this or done that or whatever. But in particular, in this culture, I feel like if I don't do those things, my child's going to turn out very, very differently than back in that culture because there's so much other influence going on in their lives. And in, in today's culture, they have so much access to everything. And even the, you know, the influencers out there, as they call themselves, like they're not necessarily influencing the kids in a direction that's positive. And so, you know, I just like I'm not an overprotective parent, but I do as I look back, I think, OK, um, you know, I would definitely homeschool in this culture where I back when my kids were younger, it was, I actually had to kind of pioneer that. And that's really hard when you're pioneering something that culturally is countercultural. You know, it's countercultural. Um, I mean, now it's kind of mainstream after 2020 to homeschool, but back in California, when my kids were young, our kids were young, it wasn't popular. And so moving in that direction, not, not necessarily to protect them, but mainly because we needed to be the most influential people in their lives and having them at home and giving them that education and then spending all that time with them enabled us to be the most influential in their lives. So that's something I, I did back then and I certainly would do now if I had children. And Do you think you'd homeschool over a, like a private school or a... So, yeah, there's a lot a, of options. Yeah, there, there are a lot more options, but I'm just saying that, okay, when it comes to the education, I would have a much more hands-on approach um, than just putting my child in public school today. Just yeah, because, I, don't, just I wouldn't because be 100% what, opposed to public school. Yeah. See, maybe we would differ there. I guess it would just depend. I mean, elementary school, I think, is a little bit different because, well, depending on the school district. But the thing is, as they get older, um, they you might be able to put some guards on what they're exposed to technologically. But that doesn't mean that their friends aren't exposed to that and their friends aren't going to share it. And so that's where I think that in this culture, being far more hands-on as a parent is essential. It's not, you can't just leave it. Well, you can't just trust that if you put them in public school or even, even today, necessarily, unfortunately, you can't even just trust that if you put them in youth group or you put them in children's church or wherever they're going, that they're not going to be exposed to things that are, that are going to mess with their minds and take them in a direction you don't want them yeah, to Yeah, well, because I wouldn't say homeschools the complete answer, nor oh, is sure. it, nor is it a possibility or practicality for everyone. Sure. And some kids, I mean, even with our kids, some we kept in public school because that was the best place for them. Yeah. And so, you know, being, having done it all, private school, homeschool, public school, online school, dual enrollment, well, the private, only, we've I, done it all. Yeah. Other than unschooling. <laughs> other than unschooling. Well, well that's, yeah, so, that's but true. We've, we've tried it all and it just depended on the kid. And so I would say today, it's uh, whether you choose to homeschool or private school or public, whatever, it's, it is being more hands-on. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you're right. I mean, you do need to know your child's personality. But again, I just go back to you need to look at who's most influential in your child's life. And if they are, if if they're in a school setting where they're being influenced in a certain direction, then it's incumbent upon you to pull them out of that setting or any setting that they're in where the influence is going to take them in a direction that you do not want to see them go. And sometimes it's just the friend pool 
that they end up with in those settings. But I think that, you know, in particular in the elementary years, honestly, the elementary years are a little bit easier, although in our in today's culture with a big push on kids at a young age being exposed to sexually, sexually explicit material and having teachers that have no problem sharing that, then you do need to be very particular. So whether it's homeschool or some sort of hybrid thing, I think the biggest thing is recognizing, look, you need to be the greatest influencer, not all these other yeah. self, self-subscribed self influencers, but you need to be their biggest influencer. Well, and parents are. It, 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 we talked about this last time. Parents feel like they're they're not, but in truth, they are. Parents are the biggest influence on their kids. And yeah, so, absolutely. again, I don't want to reiterate or maybe I do want to reiterate that um because you're the biggest influence be a good influence yeah absolutely (laughs) well and well and I will say this okay talking about what would we do differently um if I going back I would definitely and of course we had a lot of kids at this point in time so it's really hard to divide your time but I would definitely have done a lot more dates with them one-on-one during their junior high years yeah absolutely because that's the junior high years, those are the formative years. Those are the years that they're coming out of their elementary state of mind to who am I becoming? And they start thinking differently. And even they start thinking differently about the advice that mom and dad have given them. And so by high school, they've kind of formulated a lot of those things. And so they're taking really what they received and experienced during their formative years. And once they hit that maturation mm-hmm. state, they're kind of just taking it to the next level. Yeah. Well, they they understand who they are from their parents. I heard a story recently about a kid who was on a soccer team and he was getting bullied by some of the other kids and they were um, they were just teasing him based on you know his his frame and his soccer playing and he he just he, he stood up and he said no that's not right I'm not I'm not a skinny wimp I'm not a loser because my dad told me I'm a soccer player. And all his confidence was based on what his dad had spoken into mm, his life. Yeah. And so, yeah, being that big influence. But when I think about what would I do differently, yeah, we we have learned a lot of things along the way. And so maybe we're looking at, like, w- the parents we were for our kids when they were teenagers and, and yeah. trying to work that back to when they were five years old on. But, yeah, we did learn a lot. We had to grow a lot as parents. But starting over, the, the biggest thing... I would do differently is the is the thing that we identified as the biggest factor that's different and that's technology. Oh yeah, absolutely. And really limiting their technology um, because kids are being sexualized, as you mentioned, yeah. at a younger and younger age. And so, I can't imagine being a twelve-year-old boy and having a cell phone that that I could pull out anytime. Yeah. At night, when I'm all alone, I'm bored. Um, maybe frustrated, maybe, and so then what? I, the phone's going to lead me to a whole lot of dark areas. Yeah, and I cannot imagine as a twelve-year-old boy having complete access to yeah. porn or even women in bikinis. And what the the path? Sure, it's so damaging. Every boy can remember the first time he saw pornography. Sure, and it just it messes with your psyche. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm saying that you can't you can't control though what other other kids have access to and what their parents allow or don't allow. And I just, but I will say this that okay, um, you bringing that up and you're absolutely correct. However, I would say you know I had Caleb on a podcast with me, um, a little bit ago, and he was talking about 
just his own journey to an extent in that department. And for him, it really was that he had to determine, I'm not going to be that person. And so that's where I'm just going to go back that being very hands-on is so crucial because the kids decide at a certain point, what person am I going to become? In part, it's going to be what they see in their parents and what they've been encouraged um, in by their parents, but then also it's going to have to go deeper. It's going to have to be a different level of integrity and an understanding that I also do answer to a, to a higher authority. And so as, as we think through, you know, what are we going to become? Really, that is a driving force aside from, you know, the people around us. So I think that for me, as far as doing things differently, you know, we kind of really took for granted that our kids were with good friends. You know, they had all these friends and those kids were in our house too. Um, but we really kind of took that for granted that, oh, and, and this is true even when parents put their kids in a private school or religious school or whatever, and they just kind of take for granted that, okay, my kids are going to be good because they're around these good people. And I just recently, actually, I had um, a young man that came into our ministry and he was raised going to church. And one of the things that he had said is he said, you know, I was, I was raised going to church, but I never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. So he was raised his whole life and he saw his parents being, you know, good church going parents and things, um, some drama in the house and whatnot. So of course that created uh, the tension that was, that would underscore him not being interested in the God that his parents were serving you know, because of that. And so just to say that as far as us taking for granted that our kids are in a good spiritual place and they actually have that level of conviction that's going to cause them to maybe look at something that they shouldn't be looking at, but then feeling like this is not for me. I need to know who I'm becoming and I need to know that that I have these convictions and these standards and I'm going to abide by them. And so I think just, again, I I guess I'm just going to keep going back to this one being very, very hands-on and very intentional is essential and not just assuming that the kids are just because they're in a good environment that everything's just going to be good and they're, they're in a good mental space and um, emotional space and spiritual space. You touched on something that I want to expand on is that they're going to be in an environment where their friends have different values, where the school has different values where yeah. they're exposed to things. I mean, you cannot, as a parent, I don't care if you homeschool in a cave, you cannot protect them from those influences. And so rather than protect them, you need to equip them to handle mm-hmm. it, equip them with the right mindset, equip them with, look, I'm here to be an influence rather than to be swayed. And so it, you have to speak a lot of confidence yeah. into them. You have to connect them to a strong, you have to build in them a strong relationship to Jesus and a lot of prayer for them. Well, and I would also say this, that I think that we, we forget sometimes the, the pride in being part of a community and, or I should say like a family name. And I think about kids that get into gangs and there's like a pride in being part of that specific gang. And even when I was younger, my, my mother um, married my stepfather and there was a lot of pride in bearing that last name and they were crazy people. And, um, but there was a lot of pride in bearing that last name for better or for worse. And, um, you know, and I just think of like for us too, it's kind of with our kids, what does it mean to be a Bergstrom and those values and setting that standard, especially I think for dads in particular, 
um, being very hands-on, but then also, you know, also instilling in your kids that as not only a follower of Christ, but as in this family, we do certain things a certain way. And in this family, we have these certain values. And I don't mean doing certain things a certain way in that there's restriction that constricts, but, but more like that we're protected because we don't allow our eyes to see certain things and, yeah. and you know we limit that or our ears i mean whether it's movies music i you know all of that sort of thing so we we did that early on and again we were countercultural with that um as far as what we allowed our kids versus what other parents allowed their kids i mean i remember Brittany's friends all had cell phones much earlier than she did and she wasn't happy about that you know but um no kid is you know and but they were very limited i mean they were flip phones so we didn't well you know, so you didn't have all the images and everything on there either so that's important i do want to touch more on this technology because we see kids all the time that their parents give them a phone or a tablet to entertain them and it's i mean it's a tool but at the same time i it can be a substitute for parenting. And what happens when a kid's, we'll see it. We see toddlers take the phone and throw a thousand dollar phone on the ground and the parents pick it up and give it right back to oh them. My oh goodness. my word. But, but these kids, <laughs> when, when you're on a phone, you're not playing outside. You're yeah. not exercising your imagination. You're not interacting with other people. So your social skills are hindered. Um, you're not, I, I remember going to a family member's house over the holidays and Every single one of them, to the the parents, to the the grandparents, to the kids, everyone was on a phone. And I was there with a few of our kids and like, oh, can't talk and tell stories and laugh together. Nope, everyone was on the phone. And Candy Crush or whatever was going on. And Well, that's where I think like at family gatherings in particular that, um, you know, just having basically a rule that hey cell phones are off during this time we're engaging in one another and actually i oh goodness i can't remember who did this but there was a family that would have their kids like actually put their cell phones in a basket or something like that and just you know just to ensure that there's no temptation there just because this is family time yeah and And if you don't put boundaries on it it gets out of hand well absolutely but also also the thing is is that kids are more prone to engaging in certain activities, but also having suicidal thoughts and um, self-destructive thoughts when they don't feel valued and part of a tribe. And so, you know, community is so important and it starts with the family, of course, but then you have to be careful uh, about um, what kind of community are we creating or stepping into with our kids. And again, I go back to, it's just a matter of don't, don't assume that your kids are okay all the time. You need to you need to assume that there's going to be attacks on them mentally, emotionally. I mean, we live we live in a fallen world, but aside from that, they're looking at all of these different things that are attacking them in who they are, their self-esteem. Again, going back to well, and you mentioned this so many times, technology, but all these influencers and all these um all the glamour and and all all of all of these things that that these kids can't be a part of and they'll never look like that. They'll never be, you know, polished like that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they won't. Yeah. Well, that, real life, real life isn't soft focus. Well, that is one of the, the downsides of technology. The other one is this study after study after study shows that kids that spend and that spend time on electronics. Right. And it's kids that spend two hours a day, which for a lot of kids, that's 
that's nothing. That's kind of the starting point. But but they over and over studies show that ADHD symptoms go way up, suicide goes up, depression goes yeah. up, uh, mental health, psychological distress. I mean, it's it's catastrophic. Yeah, what we're doing to kids by just giving them free access, unlimited access to electronics. And so, you know, when we look at what we would do differently, I think of so many things I would do the same. Like, let the kids feel the weight of their consequences, be a part of their life, understand who their friends are, who the influences are, seek to be the biggest influence. But the biggest thing that I would do differently is, is limit their access to electronics. Limit their access to the internet and really seek to, especially... You know, while they're at their friend's house, well, you got to know who their friends are, but while they're at school, yeah, are they going to hear things they shouldn't hear, see things they shouldn't hear? They are. Yeah, of course. But if they're equipped to handle those, and if they understand that home base, that's where your safe place is. Well, at some point in time, though, you do have to release them to, I mean, like you said, experience the consequences of their actions. And so at some point in time, you do have to release them and trust that, you know, what we finally did. Brittany got a phone. And we had to just trust that she wasn't, that if she engaged in anything on there that it was inappropriate, that she herself would have the conviction and fortitude to stop doing it. And so that is where then you have to release at some point in time your kids to making their own decisions. And that's where, I again, I go back to junior high years are so crucial because in high school, they they are becoming adults. They're many adults. And, you know, you only have so much time to to form them into who you hope they will be, but then ultimately they have to decide who they're going to be. So I think if we boil this all down to two things, one is the home is the safe place. That's the sanctuary. That's where you're you're safe from negativity, from being teased, from um, well, hopefully from f bombs, from pornography. You're safe at home, but then you are equipped to be a change maker in the world, and and that starts when they're toddlers. Yeah. Uh, being equipped, not being the change maker, but but working that mindset, and so understanding. Okay, they are gonna they are gonna have their own phone eventually. They're gonna have a tablet. They're gonna yeah. they are gonna have these things, and they need to be an influencer. They need to be a change maker. They need to be a cultural shifter. Yeah, because they are gonna be sent out. Well, they have to know who they are and be strong in that. And I just I I think one thing that I do pride myself in is that all of my girls have been raised to not need a man, you know, uh, they all want to have a man in their life as a partner, but they don't need a man. And even Caitlin, who recently got married, said to me, mom, I don't know, I don't know how cake is going to feel about just what a strong woman you, <laughs> you, you know, raised me to be because she is, she's strong in who she is and digs her heels in when she needs to and stands up for herself, which, you know, a, a lot of gals today, don't you know they're running from guy to guy to guy because they need somebody and so anyway just to say that I think that when it comes to raising kids in today's culture is it scary yeah it is scary um but the bottom line is that you're you're raising up a person that is going to either be a contributor or is also going to contribute to the problems that the culture has going on so that's where when you when you raise strong people then they are strong for others and they make things happen. Yeah. I think scary is, shouldn't be the word. It should be opportunity. Depending upon. (laughs) Well, it all comes down to the parents, right? Yeah. But it's opportunity. Opportunity to raise an influencer, raise a cultural shifter. Yeah. And deploy them to that. 
Yeah. Well, cool. Why don't we uh, close on that note? Okay. And um, yeah, as always, we want to thank you for listening. And we so appreciate it if you would comment, send us your questions, things you want us to talk about. And then, of course, share, like, subscribe, all the stuff. All the stuff. All the stuff. We look forward to having you uh, back again real soon.